0: You are now locked in to the anecdote. Listen in, kick back and relax.
1: Have you heard about that new podcast? Yeah? It's that girl called Anna. Now you need to hear this. She's Ghanaian. She is so funny. She talks a madness. I'll send you all her links. Oh, and make sure to send it to the group chat. Everybody's got to hear this.
0: Welcome to the anecdote. The anecdote. (laughs) My name's Anna and this is the anecdote. I just want to say first of all, thank you everybody who has been sharing, who has been supporting, just everyone that has really said something to me because it actually motivates me and it encourages me so much. So I just want to say that the wait is over, the anecdote is here, and about to have some fun with this podcast once again just want to say thank you to everyone who shared everyone who's liked everyone that's even said that they can't wait it means a lot and I appreciate it so 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 much but yeah we're here now so let's go I was always going to speak about police brutality I was always going to speak about racism But I genuinely feel like this is the perfect time to touch on it amid the death of George Floyd. At the time I record this his murderer has been charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. The other three police officers that were involved in his killing as far as I'm aware have still not been charged. George Floyd was only 46 when he was murdered by Derek Chauvin on the 25th of May 2020. The police officer literally kneeled on his neck until he couldn't breathe and his last words were literally, I can't breathe. There are some theories that Derek knew him back when he was a bouncer in Texas, I think. So whether this de- this murder was premeditated is another theory that has arisen. There is extensive history on police brutality in the US and it's real is systematic and is institutionalised and this podcast is just touching on the history of things the history of their constitution that rooted racism from the time that slavery was even abolished and I also have my friend Tori who's going to speak about racism in the US as well because she actually lives there and I just wanted her perspective on things and For her to share her side of story to everybody that's listening because i feel like it'll be very beneficial for my listeners systematic racism in the us is real and it's rooted directly from their constitution and their government and the laws that they have in place that's why that's the only reason why i would say it's probably slightly different to the uk because when the founding fathers founded the constitution slavery was alive and well in america Um, It was very, very economically beneficial to the U.S. as well. So in the Constitution, black people accounted for three-fifths of a human. Three-fifths of a human. So I'm going to touch on the history that I know of the U.S. and their civil rights. So as I mentioned before, the founding fathers found the Constitution in 1787 and as i said slavery was alive and well so they always accounted that when it came to um they always took that into consideration when it came to founding the constitution and that's how you know that the root of the constitution always had the fact that black people were inferior in mind or people of color were inferior in mind when they were founded that constitution and when it came to um the 13th amendment which abolished slavery that came in 1866 and it basically said that slavery can no longer continue. And let's be real now, when it comes to slavery, because slavery was so economically beneficial to America, When you ban something that has such an impact on the white people in America, I'm so sure that racist ideals would not completely be eradicated. People will still think that racism, that black people are inferior and racism will obviously still be there. Just because slavery was abolished doesn't mean that now oh, every white person in America is now free from all of their racist views and all of their prejudice against black people that never went away in fact it actually kind of made it worse because there was loopholes in the 13th amendment and it kind of what happened is they took advantage of of black people and basically had slavery when it came to prisons so they called it like the convict lease system and what happened is the incarceration rate of black people went up because they started to arrest black people for petty crimes. So if he was unemployed, being unemployed was a crime. So they would arrest black people. And when these black people, when the high rate of black people were in prison private companies will take over these prisons and make these black people do labor labored work so they would be like in coal mines or in factories or they'll be they'll be chained, they'll be beaten so essentially they were profiting from the black convicts and they were still using them as if they were slaves in these prisons after slavery was abolished That basically put the rise to Jim Crow laws as well, which was mainly in the South of America because the South of America was heavily racist. Places like Alabama, if you've studied To Kill a Mockingbird or you've read To Kill a Mockingbird or you've watched the movie, there's loads of other books and there's loads of other um, movies that focus in the South of America because the South of America was very racist and they had things such as Jim Crow laws. That was even where the rise of... The KKK came from. They came from the south of America, and after slavery was abolished, the legal system was basically stacked up to work against black citizens. So ex Confederate soldiers became policemen and became judges. Segregation was still was still prominent. They believed in separate but equal in terms of education. So. They actually, It was actually constitutional, which meant it was legal across all of the states for black people and white people to educate themselves separately. And that was their form of equality. Educated black people started to move to the north of America, but it still didn't get rid of racism. There was still racism everywhere in America. And after World War II broke out, the Jim Crow laws slightly declined and the civil rights movement Became bigger, um, presidents started to become more involved in um, legislation and signing legislation to do with racism. So, for example, um, President Truman integrated the military in 1948. And then, when I was speaking about separate but equal, there was a case called Brown versus Board of Education, which made it unconstitutional for there to be separate education so separate but equal was not a thing anymore um segregation was unconstitutional and then in 1964 president johnson signed the civil rights act so you can see how the civil rights movement after world war ii made some changes and some sort of progress to the civil rights movement and to black people in America. However, these mentalities are always going to be inherited and a lot of racism goes down to ignorance. You you can literally learn to be racist. Your parents can give you that mindset. You can be indoctrinated. You can be brainwashed. This wasn't that long ago. How much is that, like 60 years ago that this happened? That is not... That's like two, three generations and it's so easy for your kids to be racist because you're racist or sending your kids to all white schools and making them think that black people are less educated or black people are less of or if you're in the same if you're in the same job as a black person then you're not doing well enough for example there was a video that surfaced on twitter and i think it was in minneapolis and there was a guy a white guy he went into a gym and there was black there was like three or four black men in that same gym and he started recording them and and said do you, do you have an office here? Do you have an office here? And to some extent, I feel like some white people are offended if black people are on the same level as them. It's come to a point where it's gotten very hard to even change these things because amending the constitution is very difficult. I don't know if I said it before, but it's basically a two-tier law because the states run themselves because of federalism. So each state will have their own government, and they can make their own state laws. However, it has to be compatible with the constitution. If it's not compatible with the constitution, then it can't run. And that's another reason why it's so hard to ban guns. Because even when President Obama tried to ban guns and make it unconstitutional, it's very hard because I think there's about four ways to change the constitution, but the most used way is having three... I think it's three quarters or three-fifths of the states to approve it all every single state and you can imagine how many states are pro-gun violence and the reason why the right to bear arms is even in the constitution in the first place I think that's the second amendment is because in the um in the start I know that there was very rural areas and people needed it for protection in their home in their neighborhoods so it makes sense in that context but now that the law now that the world has progressed and there's become more people living in the cities it's become an issue because now it's constitutional that people can have guns but it's being used in the wrong way and it's easily defended because it's literally law that you are allowed to use guns and let's say in in regards to statistics 14 percent of people are black in america but they account for over a quarter of the shootings that happened by police in America. And that just shows that the statistics, sh- that the statistics show, wow, well, my English, that the statistics show that black people are victimised by the police. 14% of the US are black and shootings account for over a quarter of them. Just the statistics speak for themselves, literally. Even going back to when slavery was abolished, Um, It was abolished by the 13th Amendment that was added into the Constitution, as I said, in 1865. However, they did nothing to follow up on that. They left all discretion to the states. As I said, there was federalism. So the states have their own governments and they could do what they want. A lot of these states limited the right to vote for black people. They never gave black people any land. As you can see, it's those people in government who run those states... And if these states are doing nothing to limit the racism, then, of course, racism will prosper. It will prosper well in those states, especially because the states were basically, as people said, as people are even saying now, it's not good to be non-racist. I don't even think they were non-racist in my opinion. They were definitely racist, but they were definitely not even close to being anti-racist. They did nothing to prevent racism. They did nothing to try and stop racism after the abolishment of slavery. In fact, I guess they were probably annoyed that their biggest biggest agricultural industry in cotton had been ruined because of the 13th Amendment. They were salty. They were salty as hell. So of course they're not going to do anything, but that just shows that. It was systematic, and it has been rooted systematic even afterwards. Probably even more afterward. More after. Wow. More. Probably even more after slavery was abolished, because it was such a detriment to their economy. The cotton industry and slavery made so much profit for these for these white landowners. It made so much profit, and you can tell that it was saltiness. It was the government. It was systematic. Nobody can tell me different. One thing that has actually been annoying me a lot is all lives matter. And it's come to a point where I genuinely think people just say that to be annoying because I generally don't think anybody, a normal person, I don't think a normal person would think that the all lives matter statement even makes sense. There's been so many analogies to show that black lives matter at this point in time If a house was on fire, would you start watering down every other house because all houses matter? No, you won't because this house is on fire, so this house matters at the moment. Somebody must be really stupid not to understand that and I'm not even going to go into that because that is definitely something that you should just know. But I think the Black Lives Matter movement is really taking on a violent approach in Minneapolis right now and I stand because that is not the only movement that had been violent to get certain rights. For example, Stonewall in 1969, which fought for LGBT rights, there was a point where transgender women were resisting arrest. They used to throw bottles at the police. This was in 1969, so they were throwing bottles at police. They were raiding raiding places. Um, The police were also fighting back, just like now. The police were Beating them and letting off tear gas and all of that to the crowd. And then in 1970, which was a year later, there was the first gay pride parade. So, evidently, rioting is not just a thing that happens that black people are doing for the fun of it. People have been fighting for black rights. For ages, there was, a tw- there was a video that surfaced on Twitter and it was a guy, he said he was 45 and the 45 ga- 45-year-old man was talking to the 31-year-old guy and the 31-year-old guy was talking to the 16-year-old guy and they're all in different generations. When will it actually stop? Even the suffragettes that were fighting for women's rights to vote, they made such a difference to women's rights today, although women are still fighting for more rights in terms of pay, the pay gap in loads of other rights. They were also destructing homes, they were they were um attacking people's houses, attacking churches, they were letting off they were putting gas in like um post boxes and post box the postmen were getting burnt and stuff like that. So all over the world people have used violent strategies and violent approaches to fight for their rights. And there has been progress. It has worked. So people that are talking about how the Black Lives Matter movement is becoming violent because of their rioting, I'm not going to lie. As Malcolm X said, you have to use a language that they understand. If you're using police brutality against black people, then we're going to riot to fight for our rights because evidently you're just not listening. Somebody even said that um, racism in America or just racism in general Or not even that, Cher. They even said that racism by microaggressions is a narrative. And I know I'm talking about the US right now, but there's a lot of microaggressions that happen in the UK when it comes to racism. And somebody says that's just a narrative. Or there's even another thing where somebody says everybody experiences racism. Somebody came on the TL talking about white people also are racist. What is this? Why is everybody fighting to prove that they 're discriminated against or that they experience racism it 's nothing to be proud about, uh, proud about and even if white people are facing um racism to the same extent as non black people i 've never seen a white person stand up for the equality of racism for their for their race i 've never seen a white person start a protest because they 've been discriminated against. I never see that happen, and i don 't understand why people are fighting or will die in to prove dying to prove that they experienced racism. This is not a competition, okay? I think they're forgetting that black people are targeted by the police and they're killed senselessly, senselessly for no reason. And they're here fighting, telling us that, oh, white people also experience racism. If you do, congrats. Go and fight for your rights. But that's not even the cause at the moment. And the statistics say different you guys are not a problem at the moment. And I feel like once people understand that black lives have been undervalued for such a long time and maybe when privileged white people will also start to stand up and speak out for these same black people, maybe there will be some progress because there was even something that came out talking about how a group of white people in the riots barricaded the black people who were rioting and that the white police would not touch them not just the white police, because obviously there's black police as well, but that the police wouldn't touch them because they are white. How can your skin colour... Like, I sit here and I have to comprehend this because it's actually... It's bizarre. How can a skin colour give someone so much privilege? that like literally, is down to melanin. It's literally down to melanin in our skin. It doesn't make any sense. And it's so funny because... This whole stigma of black people being less than... Literally comes from colonization, and we're not taught enough about colonization and the British Empire, for example. Let's say we're talking about the UK, we're talking about the British Empire, and all the countries that Britain colonized, like Ghana, for example, because I'm Ghanaian. But let's say I learned that Ghana was the first country to well i knew that already because i'm ghanaian but let's say other students will have learned that ghana was the first country to gain independence in africa okay how long has it taken them to learn that to learn that and they've only learned that because they've chosen history as a subject in sixth form but these type of things are happening and how cruel the british empire actually was is not taught in our curriculums the civil rights movement is not ever really taught in the curriculums. When you're learning history comp- as a compulsory subject, the only thing I remember learning is the Holocaust and World War Two. Of course, we need to learn about a lot of different things so that we're culturally aware of our history. But I learned so much of the civil rights movement in sixth form that I had no idea about in terms of Martin Luther King, in terms of the riots that happened, In terms of Rosa Parks. Yeah, we all know what happened with Rosa Parks. But when you learn these things in detail, it's amazing. Because it's funny, a lot of people don't go home, sit down behind their computer and research this thing. Maybe they research it more now because it's the current climate and it's really surfacing the news at the moment. But a lot of people don't sit back and learn about these things. I'm even guilty. I learned about most of these things because I studied history. And what's even more funny is that your teachers get to choose what you learn. So I'm lucky my teacher taught me about South Africa and, and um, apartheid and I also learned about the civil rights movement and then I also learned about the British Empire but even then information is heavily distorted. My favourite teacher was South African and he taught me things about apartheid that I never even knew. That's the same way textbooks will distort information about the empire to make it look like the empire was even a good thing up until 2015 taxpayers were paying off slave owners debt because they had to pay to abolish slavery that is genuinely ridiculous and they're basically saying that we helped the abolition of the slave trade of the slave trade like i'm not gonna lie there's some things that Britain should not take pride of, but they're trying to distort history to make it look like a good thing in textbooks. And this is also another root problem of when it, when it comes to systematic racism, not just in the US, but also in the UK. It really comes down to the curriculum. Majority of the things that we learn and the majority of the things that we that we are educated on comes from school. It comes from our education. How long are we in compulsory education for? Like something like 13 years compulsory from three nursery to 16 that's 13 years right 13 years and it got to I had to be 17 or 16 I had to take an optional subject I had to go to sixth form A level before I was taught in the curriculum about the civil rights movement maybe some schools are different but The depth of which I learned about the civil rights movement and the depth I learned about the British Empire was nothing in comparison to what they probably would have taught me in year seven or year eight. And that's another core issue when it comes to schooling and when it comes to racism as well. Because people are ignorant. A lot of non-black people are ignorant. And this is because things are not taught and they get a lot of mentalities from their parents. And a lot of their parents and their grandparents lived in the time where racism was I'm not saying it's any less now. I don't think it's any less now. But when racism was probably more um, overt, now they're trying to be more covert with it because they know that there's a lot more immigrants in the country. There's a lot more people working. We basically fuel a lot of their economy. Let's be real. We do a lot of essential work. Have we realised that when COVID-19 was alive and well, it was a lot of the ethnic minorities who were essential workers because we do all the jobs that apparently they don't want to do. And when it comes to medical health, it was the black people and the people of colour who were dying the most in hospitals. All of these things just show that the government really don't actually care about black people in the system and ethnic minorities. It's really loud and clear, but people try to dismiss it and ignore it. And that's another scary bit. The fact that people are trying to say that it doesn't exist when it evidently does personally i believe that silence is part of the problem you can't claim that you care about certain issues and not say anything about it or not do anything active to sort it out you can sign petitions you can attend proce- protests you can be actively anti-racist you can donate to george floyd's um go you can do so many things to help we're not forcing i don't personally think you should force people to make posts that relate to it because they can help in other ways. And our favourite people who aren't speaking up are currently out there protesting. For example, J. Cole, he's out there protesting. Dave, he's out there protesting for the same causes. Forcing people to speak up on social media might not even work because, listen, there's there's a lot of Black people that have posted and have tried to raise awareness to it. But have done it in the wrong way. For example, Desi Banks and Ovi, they tried to post, but they didn't know what they were saying. And that's what happens when you force people to speak up on things that they might not be entirely educated about. I would rather someone go about it in a different way, like attending protests or retweeting and sharing other things rather than making posts themselves and not being 100% educated on it and misinforming the public. Their platforms, these influencers' platforms are so large that... If you pressure someone to post something, they might even misinform the crowd. So everyone should just keep up the work that they're doing with raising awareness. Look, even Twitter have put in their bio, Black Lives Matter. That is such a big move. They've never done that throughout all of the years of police brutality and all of the years of the Black Lives Matter movement that we've been trying to raise awareness. I will now add in Tory section for her to explain further. Mm. First, I would like to say rest in peace
1: to all of the Black lives that have been lost to racial injustices. My heart hurts. You are the reason we are still fighting. We tend to focus on America as the blame for injustices, but most people fail to realize that this all began in England. Slave ships were built in Bristol and shipped off to West Africa to capture innocent lives for profit. Those same English ships filled with black bodies, traveled to the Americas and spread our souls across the continent against our will. The cotton, tobacco and other goods that were manifestations of slave labor were then shipped back to England for sale. America is not the only one to blame. Capitalistic societies strive off the oppressed and maintain the systems that have led us to where we are now. Us and the black community have never been viewed as equal. Our lives were so meaningless to those in power that they did not think twice about ripping us from our land and forcing us against our will to work for the benefit of them. People love to say, slavery is over, move on. But in reality, we continually fight systems of oppression every single day. The Second Amendment gives us as citizens the right to bear arms. However, something is wrong when a white man with a gun is seen as a hero, while a black man with a gun is the next public enemy the 13th amendment was said to abolish slavery however it actually states that slavery is legal as a punishment for crime so black people began to be accused of petty crime and crimes they did not commit just so that their bodies and souls can be enslaved once again systems of oppression continued with jim crow laws that allowed for segregation based on skin color. White people fought so hard to divide us, but we fought back. The civil rights movement was the beginning of us publicly saying enough is enough. We tried to stand up for ourselves peacefully, but our voices were barely heard. Whether we protested peacefully or rioted violently, we were still the enemy. From Martin Luther King Jr. to Mark Clark to Fred Hampton and many others, the U.S. government assassinated and killed our leaders over the fear of black empowerment. The thing that amazes me the most, though, is how much they hate and love us at the same time. They are enticed by our blackness. African instruments our language, our appearances, have all been adopted by white popular culture without recognition of their roots. They did not bring us over to this continent because we were inferior and knew nothing. They instead saw the value and strength that we possess as a people and used their power to steal that from us. Our beauty and magnificence scare them. All of this historical hate and mistreatment of our people is still very much prevalent today. The systems that have been put into place continuously hold us back. Black people in America are incarcerated at five times the rate of whites. African-Americans have less access to wealth, education, and opportunities than our white peers. We have less access to high quality schools and good jobs. We are less likely to have access to efficient medical treatment. We are racially profiled by police. This country has not done enough to ensure equality for those who they spent centuries oppressing. Remember, it is not enough to share a post on Instagram or place a hashtag under a picture we must educate ourselves. We must actively stand up and speak out against racist institutions and systems that were never designed to benefit us in the first place. Non-Black allies must also use their privilege and make use of their power by speaking up and taking action as well. This is not a fight that we can endure alone. We must all come together as the human race to create peace and prosperity for all. This is an uphill battle, but we will never stop fighting. We are all human. We all deserve for our basic human rights to be recognized and met. We deserve the same treatment and privileges of our oppressors. We deserve to live every day free, not having to fear for our lives or the lives of our friends and family. We deserve equal access to health care, education, job opportunities, and the like. We deserve to be heard, respected, and acknowledged. We are human.
0: The way I see it, is that every single step that we're taking and every form of rioting, protest and, you know, ways and forms of raising awareness is one step closer to the end goal that we want. We want an end to racism. We want non-black people to also stand up and fight for racism as much as black people do. Hopefully we're getting closer to that end goal and we're getting closer to removing it from the systematic and institutionalized racism that happens every single day in the US, in the UK and all over the world. I hope this podcast raised awareness of the history of it and probably encouraged you to go back and research information for yourself.